At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's our number two of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And now VSIN can be heard on Sports Map Radio across the country. So we welcome in all of you guys listening on great radio stations across the country, like The Roar 105.5, 97.5, and 560 in Greenville, South Carolina. Ironically enough, I grew up in Greenville, Wisconsin. So feels like there's a Greenville everywhere in America. You're listening to the best in sports betting news and information from the sports betting capital of the world, lovely Las Vegas. So welcome into the Greg Peterson experience and the VEASAN family. And we've got a tremendous hour for you as we're going to be joined by Tom Cunningham. He does a great job of being the main man over there at runmypool.com and does a great job taking a look at a little bit of everything. He takes a look at some baseball, football, basketball, hockey. I He joined me to talk Oscars a few weeks ago, so... I need, there's nothing that he can't do. We're going to be taking a look at some NFL. We're going to be taking a look at some Australian Open. If we've got time, we're going to be taking a look at some basketball with him as well. So we're going to be hitting all the bases here in this hour of the Greg Peterson experience. Any way to be able to make you guys money because it doesn't matter whether you're betting on the biggest of the big football games or you're betting on the smallest of the small college basketball games involving like the Southland. It doesn't matter if you're taking a look at Dennis. NASCAR, you're able to go down the list. There's money to be made, and if there's money to be made, well, it's worth talking about. That is my whole take on things, and we've always got to give credit where credit is due 
to the men and women that do um, absolutely amazing work here at Visa. This show says the Greg Peterson experience, but I cannot do it alone as we've got my wonderful producer, Jason Kahn. He is the man that sets up all these interviews and somehow, some way keeps me in line. I mean, that is not an easy task right there. Jason does so admirably. How he does it with a smile, I have no idea. But somehow, some way, he does it. We appreciate him. Everything that you hear here on the Greg Peterson Experience and really throughout the network, whether you like Follow the Money, A Numbers Game, VEASAN Prime Time, VEASAN Big Bets, you're able to go down the list of shows. Those are all posted up at VEASAN.com slash podcast or the Best Bets feed, wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, the list goes on and on. Sean is the main man that posts up all those hours. I just mentioned it. We are now on Sports Map Radio. All of you guys listening throughout the country. It is courtesy of Taylor that you've got rock solid, good audio. He does an amazing job. And if you're watching on vcin.com, YouTube TV, what have you, because we're both on radio and we're on TV, it, it is our good friend Nick that does a great job of posting up all those graphics. So these men and women do absolutely amazing work here at the network. We appreciate all of their hard work and now it's time for me to try some find some winners on the board. Went a little bit cold with some of the DK Nation college basketball picks in recent days, and we're going to look to pick it up with this one as we go out to the Big 12 and we can go out to two of the better teams in terms of defensive efficiency in college basketball. 747-748, a slobber knocker between TCU and Texas. Texas a home team between a 6 to a 6.5 point favorite. Your total is anywhere between 142.5 and 143.5, and I set my total at 137. My right up here is going to be on the under. This is one that opened up at 145.5, obviously. That was some pretty good value there when you were getting the 145.5. But still, here at 142.5 to 143.5, I think that this is still a rock-solid number. You've got a Texas team that, even though they have been relatively solid in terms of their offense, they are really a defense-first team. And I do think that now that the Chris Beard situation finally has a resolution with Beard pretty much being ousted about a week or so ago, it gives this team a good frame of mind because the game before he got ousted, they give up 116 points to Kansas State in a game that did not go to overtime. That was one of the worst offensive efforts that you'll ever find. And then the game after, they give up 46 points against Oklahoma State. And honestly, I did think that the 116-point effort makes it to where Texas has a little bit more value to the under because you have to feel like Rodney Terry, who's the interim coach for Texas, was like, uh, guys, we are never, ever going to let that happen again. I don't care if you guys scored 100. You gave up 116. Just absolutely embarrassing. Nobody wants to see that. Let's actually play some defense. And even with that terrible defensive effort that we saw about a week or so ago, we're still 23rd in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Meanwhile, you've got a TCU squad that... They're doing exactly what took them to the NCAA tournament last year, playing tough-nosed, tenacious defense as TCU number 11 in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And both of these teams do play at a little bit more of a brisk pace, both of these teams in the top 100 in terms of total possessions per game. But I do think that Texas is really going to be able to bear down on the TCU team that they're 320th in all of college basketball in terms of three-point shooting percentage. TCU really doesn't have guys that are able to bomb it from three, really other than Emmanuel Miller. Miller has been able to shoot over 40% from three-point range. He, along with also their main scorer in Mike Miles, were a little bit banged up towards the beginning part of the season. Miller has been able to shoot right in the neighborhood, about 56.5% from the floor, 13.5 points, 47% three-point shooting with 6.5 rebounds per game. And then Mike Miles, one of the more talented players out there in the Big 12. 20 points, 3 assists, 1.3 seals. He's going to hope to 
trying to help out with some of the wounds that were opened up by TC's performance on Monday. That was not great, to say the least. So TC looking for a little bit of revenge there. And then take a look past that Damian Ba, who is suspended for the first six games of the season. He's done a good job going out the ball, five assists per game. He shoots in the mid-30s from three-point range. But I do think that Texas is going to do a good job of taking away the ball in this game. And really, both of these defenses have been supreme in terms of being able to just rip it away. Both of these teams rank in the top 20 in terms of turnovers forced on a per-possession basis. Texas gets a few more live ball turnovers, but both of these teams do a great job on that front. You do have one dominant score for Texas, and I do think that he's going to be the best scorer in this game, and that would be Andrew Carr, about 18 points per game. He had that massive game against Texas A&M Commerce where he all by himself outscored Texas A&M Commerce. He's been able to shoot over 40% from three-point range. You've got Terry Center as well being able to give you right in the neighborhood about 12 points per game. From there, it's really just a whole is greater than the sum of its parts approach. Timmy Allen, along with Phil Mitchell, are able to combine for about 12 rebounds per game. And Allen, very much a Swiss Army knife guy. He chips in there about a about 10 or so points. He also gives you a rebound or a about six and a half rebounds, a block, a steal per game. He does a nice job of being able to stuff the sad sheet for the team. Someone like a Brock Cunningham has been a nice little ancillary part. And then Eddie Lampkin on the flip side for TCU. Able to in there a little bit over seven rebounds per game for a TCU team that they've been able to do a good job on the glass, both on the offensive and defensive side of things. So this is a circumstance where I do think that TCU, once again, going to be able to bear down TCU in 12 out of their last 14 games has allowed 71 points or fewer. You got a Texas team that's been a little bit all over the place, but I do think that there's a little bit of renowned energy after they had that, well, not so savory performance against Kansas State. This is a circumstance where my write-up is going to be on the under. Set my number at a 137 right now. We're seeing between 142.5 and 143.5. And, hey, I think that if you lost some shekels on TCU on Monday, you've got a little bit of value here with them. I set this line more around five because Texas they have been dealing quite a bit recently. And TCU, I just feel like, has been generally undervalued the first games of the season. Without Mike Miles, really did throw off their numbers a little bit. And I think the books are still trying to catch up to this just a little bit. So the DK Nation write-up is going to be on the under. And I'm also looking at taking the 6-6.5 six six here with TCU as well. How about if we take a look at some ACC action with a team that's been a pretty solid fade this season. 741-742 on the board. It is Louisville. They throw it to face off against Clemson. Clemson is a 17 to a 17 and a half point favorite. Your total on this game is 136 and a half. Very interesting to take a look at this Louisville team as they've been looking a little bit better recently. They've covered five out of their last seven games after they were the biggest fade in all of college basketball. And quite frankly, they still have one of the worst against the spread records that you're going to find. And for Louisville, it's just a question of what can they do right at this point? Because they do shoot about 32% from three-point range. And LLs, he has been on one. He's been able to give the team 20-plus points in each out of the last five games or four out of the last five games. And he's been able to chip in there, 17 and a half points. Team leader in assists. He also leads all of college basketball with north of four turnovers per game. A bad possession for LLs. In a lot of cases, it was better than a good possession for any of their other pieces. So it is not necessarily too terrific. In terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, it's a Louisville team that clocks in at 300th, and now they have to go up against the Clemson team that got a pair of guys in Chance Hunter along with Hunter Tyson that will be able to combine for 30 points per game. Tyson is averaging a double-double, by the way, 15.5 points, 10 rebounds per game. Both of these guys shoot over 40% from three-point range. Clemson as a whole, they shoot right around 39.5% from three-point range. We rank in the top 10 in college basketball at that regard. And Clemson, we've noticed, have 
kicked up their tempo just a little bit this year. They're right around 194th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. Typically, this is a team that you're going to find them clocking in more around 250th, 260th, somewhere in that neighborhood. And Louisville may have had to slow themselves down a little bit because, well, they don't have any semblance of an offense. They're right around 190th in terms of possessions per game. They do have Brendan Huntley-Hetfield down low. He's been able to give the team six rebounds per game. Tries to shoot some threes. He's been able to make a few, but it's not necessarily been going too well from Louisville's been able to do a solid job of covering a few games recently. If you took a look at that Wake Forest game, they got down 20. They were very fortunate to be able to claw their way back into this one. I don't think that they're going to have as much good fortune in this one. You got a Clemson team that just all in all is much more deep. Some like a J.J. Trainer, while he's been able to step up for Louisville. And, I mean, Mike Smith, credit where credit is due. He's averaging nine points per game, but he's been able to score 43 points in the last two games overall for the season. Shoots a little bit over 40% from three. He's been able to add a little bit of pop for Louisville, but when you're turning the ball over darn near 17 times per game, that makes it a very, very difficult ordeal. As a result, I did set Clemson as a very sizable favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay it here. I'm willing to lay up to 18. As a matter of fact, with Clemson, as I made my number 18 and a half, and for Louisville, I think so many dead possessions is going to cost them the over in this spot. Just when you give away the ball and you don't get a shot up, it's very, very hard to be able to get it over when you have those possessions pretty much just going straight into the abyss. Semi-total at 134.5, so diving under, and I'm going to be willing to lay it with Clemson. And something else that we're going to be doing next is taking a look at a little bit of football, and along the way, we're going to be getting some tennis analysis as well. So we're going to be joined by Tom Cunningham. He does a great job with... The site runyourpool.com. It's going to be a lot of fun. Talking a little bit of everything within the next few segments right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Watch football with a little bit more online by playing for free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness. Set your lineup and watch the action unfold as you compete for your share of $115,000 all season long. Guinness made of more terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by Tom Cunningham. He is the main man over there at RunMyPool.com and he tracks a little bit of everything. We're going to be talking a little bit about what we can expect from the Academy Awards as the Golden Globes just got done. We're going to be talking some tennis. We're going to be talking some football. We're going to go down the list, just talking a little bit of everything. And Tom, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me, Greg. One of the most well-rounded men that we are finding out here in the sports world. So always do appreciate And Let's begin with a little bit of football. And let's begin with the game that I mentioned it at the top. I feel like this is a line out of all of them that I feel like is the most correct. It is the Vikings and the Giants. The Giants are a three-point underdog. Your total on this game, you're finding it in the high 40s. A lot of places right around about a 48 to a 48 and a half. And where do you stand on this game? Because the moment that this gets down to two and a half, I'd be willing to fire in on the Vikings. The moment that this gets up to a three and a half, I'd be willing to fire in on the Giants because I think we're staring at another field goal game. Yeah, I think the Giants at plus three is fine. That's kind of what I've circled as my uh, my best play for this game. But kind of looking into, I want to start with the point total first. So 52.2 points are being scored per game in Minnesota this year, which is good for a 7-2 and two over under record. Um, so you would think go over, right? Well, the Giants, they've actually gone under in four of six road games. Uh, when these two teams meet, they tend to go under. The under is hitting four of six meetings. Uh, but Minnesota, they've gone over in six of seven games overall. And then the obvious one, as I just mentioned, they've gone over in seven of eight games at home. So I want to go over here, but it's a bit murky, I think, with all the trends pointing in different directions for the point total. So I'm going to take the Giants at plus three. 
Um, look, Minnesota, they're, they're really good at home. They're good against the Giants. They've won nine of 10 at home. They've won four or five against the Giants. But the Giants are really good as underdogs, and they're really good on the road in covering the spread. The Giants, they've covered six of seven games overall. They've covered the spread in seven of eight on the road. And then although they don't win straight up a lot against Minnesota, uh, at least historically they don't, they cover a lot in Minnesota. Uh, they've covered six of nine games when playing in Minnesota. Uh, and so I think the plus three is fine for the Giants. And I'm also a bit weary on the point total. If I'm going point total, I'm going to go over. I think that's fine. But I think plus three uh, with the G-men is going to be my best play for this game. Yep, I don't blame you there. As I know that the Vikings, I mean, just with all the one-score wins, we've got to give credit where credit is due. And also, at the same time, you got to recognize that at some point, it's probably going to be going the other way as well. And this is something that I always take a look at, and I always get a little bit perplexed by the old mantra of, it's hard to knock off a team three different times in the same season. <laughs> And it's even harder to be able to cover all three of those times in which you went out right. And that's what the San Francisco 49ers are looking to do to the Seattle Seahawks. It's a line that has come down a little bit. The 49ers opened up a 10-point favorite. This is down to a 9.5. What are you saying on this game? And is there any credence to the old mantra of it's hard to knock off a team three times? Because I feel like in some circumstances, oh, yes, it certainly holds true. But it just feels like the 49ers are a little bit of a different breed. And it's a Seahawks team that has already seen all three different quarterbacks have started this year for the 49ers. Yeah, uh, Brock Purdy versus Geno Smith, who had that on their bingo card uh, yeah. to start the NFL season for a playoff game this year. Uh, but I'm here for it. I'm also here for the line moving down. I'll take the 49ers at uh, minus 9.5. I'll take them at 10, honestly. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. They've won 10 in a row. They've won five uh, in a row at home. Um, they've covered seven of eight overall. They've covered five in a row at home as well. Um, now, you mentioned about like winning three in a row against the same team. What's interesting is that Seattle actually has the 49ers number historically uh, in San Francisco. I believe San Francisco, uh, the Seattle Seahawks have won seven of nine games against the 49ers in San Francisco. Uh, but look, San Francisco, to me, there, I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, if you're asking me out of the NFC who I do trust the most, it's the 49ers right now. I think I'll take them to cover the nine and a half. Like I said, they've covered seven of eight overall. They've covered five straight at home. Um, Seattle, they're kind of on an ATS spiral right now. They've only covered one of eight games, so they failed to cover seven of their last eight. They've also failed to cover four of six on the road. So although historically Seattle does well uh, against San Francisco in San Francisco, I think this is a completely different situation. And uh, like I said, the Seahawks, they're just on a, on a, on a tailspin with the uh, ATS market right now. So I'll take San Francisco to, uh, to cover the large spread. Nine and a half. I think that's fair. I think San Francisco is the best team in the NFC right now. Yeah, with the San Francisco 49ers, it has been very impressive what we've been seeing out of them. And it's impressive what we saw in terms of the awfulness for the coaching of this team that we saw in Week 18, the Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not sure why Brandon Saley was playing his guys, but now we've got injury concerns with the L.A. Chargers as Anthony Road has about one to two point favorites at DraftKings. We're mostly seeing one zero across the board with a total of 47 and a half. What are you saying in terms of chi Chargers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars? Because something that I do take a look at going into the playoffs is recent form. I don't want to be backing a team that, for lack of a better term, they limp their way into the playoffs and the Jaguars are the complete opposite as they have really been able to have really been able to ascend in recent games. Yeah, and I mean, just if you go back in the history of the NFL, the Chargers don't necessarily have the best uh, luck in the playoffs, yeah. especially when it comes to the kicking game, uh, which I do think it could come down to. I'm going to take the under as my best play. 
only 42 points are being scored per game in Duval this year, uh, which is good for a OU record of two and five. So uh, Jacksonville, they've gone under the point total in five of seven home games. Um, they've gone under actually in 11 of 14 home games. If you go that far back, uh, the chargers, they've gone under the point total in four of six games overall. They've also gone under the point total in four of six games on the road. I think there's a lot to like about the under here. I could see some, uh, you know, some real offensive struggles here. Uh, you mentioned the, you know, the chargers playing some of their starters, you know, some limping into the playoffs, maybe some injury concerns there. Maybe they come out slow. I just think there's a lot to like with the under here. Uh, so that's going to be my best play. And I don't really trust either team here uh, to win this spot. Like I said, the Chargers uh, just historically don't do well in the playoffs. They don't have the best luck. And the Jaguars are just super inexperienced at this point outside of their coaching staff. So uh, I'm going to take the point total going under as my best play. Yep, I do not blame me on this one. And how about if we stay out there in the great state of Florida as typically you don't see a team below 500 hosting a playoff game. It's Happened before, and we've seen that team, the Seattle Seahawks, win thanks to a beast quake. I don't think that we're going to be getting that out of Leonard Fournette and or whoever else is going to be toting the rock for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game. But the Buccaneers are a 2.5-point underdog, total on this game, 45.5. Where do you stand in terms of Buccaneers versus Cowboys? Because with the Cowboys, just mentioned it. I really don't like to back teams that are coming in in poor form, and the Cowboys, they looked really bad in Week 18, and quite frankly, even though they won a lot of those games, that win against the Texans, they didn't look too great there either, and for the Buccaneers, they just haven't looked good all season long, so I'm a little <laughs> bit perplexed. I have yet to do anything with this game, just because if there was a way to be able to bet against both of these teams, I would love to do so. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm irritated you went to this game, because, <laughs> because this is the one game that I'm, I have the least conviction in. Uh, I'm going to take the over. Uh, again, I have no conviction uh, in it. I have little conviction in it, if at all. Uh, but some of the things that led me to this decision. So Tampa Bay, they've actually gone over the point total in four of their last five games, while Dallas has gone over the point total in five of their last seven games. And that's pretty much it. Uh, that's pretty much what I'm basing the over on right now. Uh, the under has actually hit in six of seven meetings. So that's kind of working against us. But you mentioned it. How can you trust either of these teams in this situation right now. They're both ATS uh, failures at this point. Dallas, they failed to cover five of six against the Buccaneers. They failed to cover the spread in nine of 10 games. Get this, Greg, when playing in the month of January, that's a very important month of football in the NFL. Definitely want to be on the right side of the ATS there. Tampa Bay, they have failed to cover the spread in a ridiculous 13 of 15 games overall. And they have also failed to cover the spread in eight of 10 games at home. So it's, yeah, it's it's like, who, who can you really trust in this game? Um, and I can't trust either team. So I'm just going to go with the fact that both teams have gone over the point total more times than not in recent games. And that's where I'm going to go with my betting conviction. I'm going to take the point total going over. And you know what? When you have a possession that dies due to an interception with the Dallas Cowboys, that means that you can get some points on the other end as well. So I don't exactly. hate on that. And how about if we go at this game as well? We've got about a minute for Ravens and the Bengals. Bengals are a touchdown favorite. Very hard to know what we're going to be able to get out of the Baltimore Ravens, but is this a play where you like it regardless of the quarterback, or is it a little bit dependent upon whether or not Lamar Jackson goes? Well, I think I think we're all sleeping on Burrow and the Bengals again, um, especially after what they did last year, the way they've come into this postseason and kind of took over the division. Uh, I, I really like Cincinnati to go far in the playoffs, so I'll take them to cover the spread. They are cover machines. Uh, they've covered four straight playoff games. They've covered the spread in seven of eight overall and five of six at home. 
so I'm okay with Cincinnati here, but I do think the under is your best play. Uh, Cincinnati, they've got under in four of six overall, six of nine at home. Baltimore, they've gone under in five of six overall. They've gone under in 16 of 24 road games. That's a pretty impressive uh, trend. And then finally, the Bengals have gone under the point total in eight straight playoff games. I like it. And something else I like, being able to go a little bit off the beaten path. Coming up next, we're going to be rejoined by Tom Cunningham, taking a look at some tennis and a little bit of movies next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. With the start of the new year, BetRivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, BetRivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, being rejoined by Tom Cunningham. Does absolutely amazing work over at runyourpool.com. And Tom, I know that you are one that likes to be able to take a look at the Academy Awards. And there's a betting market for the Academy Awards as well. And the Golden Globes helps set that a little bit. We just saw those awards go down. What did you all see from the Golden Globes? And how does that affect the Academy Awards? So before... Let me start with this. So when Brian and I were talking about the Academy Awards with you last time we were on, the Fablemans was the favorite for Best Picture. Uh, it was actually the co-favorite with Everything Everywhere All at Once at plus uh, 130, I think it was. Well, as of right now, Everything Everywhere All at Once is the, is the sole favorite for Best Picture. So again, if you have not taken Everything Everywhere All at Once for Best Picture, uh, you can still get plus money for it. Um, with DraftKings, I believe BetMGM and PointsBet. I believe all the books have it for plus value. So there is that. Uh, with that said, it did not win at the Golden Globes. Actually, the Banshees of Inishirin won, I believe it was uh, Best Motion Picture for a Comedy or Musical, which Everything Everywhere All at Once was also in the same category as. That's not going to scare me away, though. Uh, the Golden Globes, to me, are not the uh, end-all, be-all of what's going to happen at the Oscars. As a matter of fact, the Academy Award will typically, they'll nominate um, you know, artists, actors, movies that the Golden Globes didn't nominate. So sometimes the nominations are completely different. I will say this, though. Let's start with the surprises. The surprise, uh, there were two for me at the Golden Globes. The first was Angela Bassett uh, winning Best Supporting Actress for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I actually have her in my top five. I believe she's going to get nominated for the Academy Award. I don't know if she's going to win uh, Best Supporting Actress. However, it was a big surprise to me that she did win the Golden Globe, uh, but what that did indicate to me is that she should at the very least see a nomination. So be sure to highlight Angela Bissett for uh, Best Supporting Actress when nominations do come out, if she is on the ticket, and look at her odds early. The other market um, that was a big surprise at the Golden Globes was the Best Foreign Language Film. The winner of that was Argentina 1985, and I absolutely love that movie. I also have it in my top five right now for Best International Films to be nominated at the Academy Award. I don't have it coming close to winning, though, because to me, All Quiet on the Western Front is the best out of Germany. It was nominated, but what, what made this even more fascinating was RRR was in this Golden Globe category for best foreign film, and it was the heavy favorite by like minus 200. RRR is not going to be nominated for best international film at the Academy Awards because India did not submit it as their official film. So it's a little tricky here, but RRR is such a strong film, and the fact that Argentina 1985 went head-to-head -head with it and won and is not going to have to do that at the Academy Awards 
that's a pretty big indication to me that Argentina 1985 is a legit threat to win Best International Film for Argentina. So circle that as well and see what those odds are like when uh, nominations come out for the Academy Awards in about a month. And so with that said, oh, sorry, go ahead, Greg. I was about to say, and we've got the most important question here as well. I'll let you go yes. on after this, but I have to get this in first. Any hope for Minions, Rise of Gru no. winning any sort of an award at all? Uh, no, I'm sorry. It won't. Uh, it's Dang best it. chance would be animated feature film, but that's going to be occupied by a bunch of other things. Uh, actually, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio won the Golden Globe for best animated film. Uh, I have mixed feelings about that. Boring. Yeah, repeated story, you know, over decades of time. Uh, but anyway, so the two that stood out for me, though, that won the Golden Globe uh, was Ki Hu Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once, Best Supporting Actor. He should win at the Academy Awards uh, for the Oscars. My issue with him is he might be very expensive when odds first come out. Um, he, to me, is a runaway for this category. And you do have good contenders in there, but he was just so strong. He won the Golden Globe. I don't see anyone catching him. So uh, you might want to circle him for best supporting actor when those uh, odds come out and that market drops. But we talked about this last time I was on here, Greg. Uh, best song, Natu Natu for me, was the best song I've heard all year um, right in front of Good Afternoon from Spirited. And Natu Natu, it was actually an underdog at the Golden Globes. Lift Me Up from Rihanna and Black Panther Wakanda Forever was the favorite for best song going into the Golden Globes, along with Hold My Hand uh, with Lady Gaga from Top Gun Maverick. Natu Natu won. And I love it because if you remember, I said Natu Natu was my, my, my top pick for best song. And so now I have even more conviction in that. I have even more conviction. A Twitter video went viral of people dancing to the Natu Natu song uh, when RR was playing in a movie theater, an IMAX theater. So everything's going right for that market for Natu Natu when the odds drop for best song. Circle Natu Natu from RRR, and uh, I would I would definitely recommend taking that as uh, one of the best bets uh, of the night. But that's pretty much it uh, for the Academy Awards in terms of the Golden Globes. Um, I wouldn't get too ahead of myself other than what I've mentioned, because, again, the Golden Globes and the Academy Awards, they, they're just on two completely different mindsets when thinking. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, hot take here, Lift Me Up by Rihanna, not a very good song in my opinion. I was not too much of a fan, so... I yeah, agree with it's you. Not in my top, it's not in my top five either. There, it's a strong crop of original songs, um, but yeah, it wasn't in my top five either. Rihanna's had a lot of hits in her day. That, that <laughs> one just didn't do it for me. So, I mean, we'll just leave it at that. But with that said, something else that is doing it for me, that would be tennis because we've got the Australian Open that is going to be starting up in a few days. We actually have, if you want to be able to bet on it, some qualifying some qualifiers are going down actually right now as I do this show, which that's very interesting. And there's always money to be made there. But in terms of the Australian open on the men's side of things, we'll get into the women's in a few minutes Who are a few guys that you're taking a look at that they might have a shot to be able to win this thing. And you're taking a look at them in terms of maybe a little bit of future, a little bit of a futures perspective. Yeah. Some value. I mean, you're not going to, it's hard to take anyone outside of Novak Djokovic at this point. Uh, I had seen he was plus value, plus 110, plus 115 with a few books, but this morning I saw he was minus 110. And I have a really hard time taking minus value for any futures market, even if it is Novak Djokovic. Now he's playing with extra motivation this year. He missed the Australian Open, uh, so he's really angry. Uh, he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, which is you never need a motivated Novak. Uh, that's just super dangerous. But he is, you know, he's later in his career now. And he has been beaten at majors on a hard court surface. So I'm going to look outside of Novak for the sake of value here. 
The first name that pops up is Daniel Bedvedev at six to one. He's already beaten Novak on a hard court surface. He actually ended his uh, his, his run in the U.S. Open uh, a few years ago when Novak was going for all four majors. So I do like Medvedev at six to one. I think Casper Ruud from Norway at twenty five to one is an okay take. The guys made two uh, uh, major finals last year. Uh, I think people just kind of forget about him because he's Casper Ruud. He's a pretty forgettable player. Uh, compared to like the Nick Kyrgios's and the Medvedev's and the Djokovic's. Um, Rude just doesn't stand out, but his accomplishments are right up there with all those other players. So for 25 to one and the guy who's been to uh, two major finals last year, I'm fine with taking Casper Rude just like as a flyer. Um, like I said, it's tough to land a, a men's tennis pick outside of Djokovic in a major. Uh, but then uh, for long shot, I like Francis Tiafo, the young American. He's had, he had a great year last year. He tends to play well in a hard court uh, major. And he did really well in Australia last year. He does well at the U.S. Open. So I like him on a hard court surface. So, uh, yeah, Medvedev, Kasparud, and Tiafo, three guys I'm looking at outside of Novak Djokovic on the men's side. And to your point, just not having out there Carlos Alcaraz as well, that would have probably lowered Novak Djokovic. Because right now, if I'm not seeing him up at DraftKings, they might be off the board momentarily. But that said, I'm taking a look at BetMGM. Djokovic minus 120, you got to feel, feel like he would be plus money if it weren't for the fact that you've got out of the fold Alcaraz, and that's big. But women's side, it feels like it is a little bit more top-heavy as well as you've got quite a few challengers, but Swatek is right now your number one at plus 175 I'm seeing right now. But any sort of value a little bit further on down the board, maybe perhaps like a Coco Goff at 12-1? to 1? Well, it's funny because Swiatek broke the stigma of, well, she's a clay court player. Well, she went out and she won the U.S. Open on a hard court surface. So I don't think the court type matters for Iga Swiatek anymore. I, I think at plus 175, two to one odds right around there, I think that's a fine take. I will say she's become more beatable since the U.S. Open. She didn't look great. Um, I think it was the, the United Cup where the countries meet together uh, and they play exhibitions, basically. She didn't look great in that. Um, Ariana Sabalenka. Looked really good in the uh, precursor tournament in Adelaide, I believe it was. It was Adelaide or Auckland she was in. Uh, but it was last week, and Sabalenka looked really, really good. And she is hungry for this for this major. Uh, so I would be looking at her or Sviatek in terms of women favorites. Uh, Sabalenka, you could get, I believe, 8-1. to one. Mid-range, I kind of like Barbara Krejcikova. She is a good singles player who came on about two years ago, got hurt, had a bad, you know, comeback. She was coming back from injury. But lately, she has been playing very well. She's won, I believe, 10 of 11 matches. Um, so she seems to be finding her form, and she won the French Open. So I'm fine with her at 20 to 1 odds as kind of like a long shot take, a mid-range take. And then a super long shot, 65 to 1, Elise Cornier. Uh, look, she has been a workhorse in major events. She's had a ton of experience over her career. If you're looking for a, a legit long shot, 65 to 1 odds to win, I think Elise Cornier is okay to test. I like it, and I always love having you aboard, Tom. You do great work over there at runmypool.com. Do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much, Greg. I appreciate it. Always appreciate Tom Cunningham. And coming up next right here on the Greg Peters Experience, we take a look at Wednesday's college basketball card here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. VSN, the sports betting network. With the start of the new year, we've got a nice new offer over here at VSN. If you're looking for an edge to bet football's biggest game, the VSN experts have you covered. Become a VSN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer for only $9.99. VSN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSN shows and guest tools like our betting splits. I'll let you see where the money and the bets are moving on every single game. Deep dive betting reports, decent guides for the biggest games of the season, where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. 
Do not miss out on a limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today for only $9.99 and become a part of the Sports Bank Network. That is VSIN.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to be joined by Tom Cunningham over there at RunMyPool.com. Does amazing work tracking a little bit of everything. Last few segments, we talked some NFL. We talked some we talked some te- tennis and we talked some movies as well with the Academy Awards. You're able to bet on that market and there's good ways to be able to extract some money. And Tom dove through all of those. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last few segments. Now let's dive back into some college basketball. It's a relatively good slate in my opinion. We've got north of 60 games and we've got something for everyone. Whether you like to take a look at some of the biggest of the big games or some of the smallest of the small games, we've got you guys covered there and Let's take a look at a team that I think should be a bigger favorite than what they are. And this team, in my opinion, they continue to win. They're going to be ranked at some point. 713-714 on the betting board. It is Florida International, and they're playing also Florida Atlantic. It's not Florida International that's going to be ranked. I'll tell you that. It's, you got Florida Atlantic between a 10 to a 10 and a half point favorite, and your total on this game it is 146 and a half. And interesting spot here because I did set my total. At a 146.5, you had really good value, in my opinion, in terms of the over early on, as this was a total that opened up at 144. Now we are seeing it go northward, and if it continues to go northward, I'll be in on an under. So I'm going to be waiting to see how this line marinates at 146.5. It's a no play for me, but this is one that, like I said, we've already seen a 2.5-point line move upward on that. But with Florida Atlantic, I set them more around a 12.5-point favorite. Florida Atlantic came out and they were able to get a good win against UAB a couple days ago and just a team that in general has really good backcourt play as they've been dealing with some injuries all season long. Elijah Martin along with Michael Forrest have already missed a few games but this team so well traversed, so well rounded as you've got Martin who I mentioned before, John L. Davis, Michael Forrest, all three of these guys average between 10.5 and 13.2 points per game. Forrest shoots 35% from three. Martin, 38.5% from three. And John L. Davis bombing it at 45% from three. Had 36 points in a game a few days ago. I believe that that was a UAB game that they were able to pull out. And this team, they just, they don't have that one guy that is necessarily super duper supreme, excuse me, for a little bit of a throat clear there. But you don't have that one guy that's going to come out there. It's going to give you like 20 points on just a night in, night out basis. But when you need one guy to step up, you've got so many options. And one of these guys, they typically are able to ascend. They have their night. Like one night, it's going to be Davis. Another night, it's going to be Martin. And this team ranks in the top 40 in terms of defensive efficiency. Points allowed on a per-possession basis. They shoot as a whole 37.7% from three-point range. They do a good job getting the ball inside. They do a good job in terms of a rebound rate. This is just a really well-rounded, good team. And they go up against the Florida National Bunch, and they're looking to gun it. They are 24th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. They do have Denver Jones, one of the better scorers in all of college basketball. 19 points, chips in there, four rebounds, and shooting 42% from three-point range. He's really the only guy on the roster, aside from Peter Kiprikoff, who has been able to shoot above 32% from three-point range. So that's not been great for Florida National. Florida National... Also, 16.2 turnovers per game in terms of turnovers on a per-possession basis. One of the lesser teams in college basketball, and they are absolutely hideous on the boards. This is one of your worst rebounding teams in all of college basketball. Now they have to go against Vladislav Golden. Golden is a 7-footer for Florida Atlantic that's able to give you a block, 6 rebounds, 10 points per game. Really like his overall 
just acumen and game. And I do think that Florida National are going to be facing a very much uphill battle in this one. Florida National, I think that they're going to be able to get their points, but I think that they're doomed to give up close to 80 in this spot, even though Florida Atlantic more on 220th in terms of possessions per game. But we've also seen it with Florida Atlantic. You need to play a slow game that's in the 50s-60s. They're able to do it. When you go up against an up-tempo team like in Eastern Michigan, they put up north of 100 against them a little bit earlier this season. So I set my total at 146 half. Currently, at current numbers, I'd be trying to see if we can get this up to a 147, 148 for an under. If we can get back down to closer to that opener of 144 and a half, it's going to be a play on the over on Florida Atlantic. Felt like they should have been more like a 12 and a half point favorite. So getting 10 and a half, I'm going to be willing to lay the number. How about if we go out to the SEC as Alabama, they're coming off of a big win against our good friends at Kentucky. As we're finding out, it might not have been as big of a win as Kentucky. They lost Tuesday night to South Carolina is about a 19-point favorite. The epitome of brutality, as John Rossi would like to say, as we now have Alabama trying to follow that up with a road win against Arkansas. This is 695-696 on the betting board. This game is anywhere between the pick'em to Alabama being a slight one-point favorite. Your total is anywhere between 153 and 154.5. We've seen a big upward tick in terms of this total. Open up at 149.5. I think we've went a little bit too far. Now, these are two very, very up-tempo teams. You've got an Arkansas team that, in terms of total possessions per game, they rank in the top 40 in all of college basketball. As a matter of fact, they rank in the top 30 in all of college basketball. You've got an Alabama team that they rank in the top 10 in terms of possessions per game. But Arkansas... Eighth in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, Alabama 25th. Alabama was so putrid on defense last year that it really prevented them from being able to make a big run in the NCAA tournament. This year, they've turned it around, and Brandon Miller has been really the catalyst for this team. He's a six foot nine combo player. He's been able to chip in there right around 18.5 points per game. Shoots over 40% from three-point range. He and Noah Clowney have been able to combine for about 17 rebounds per game. And for Arkansas... Just the injuries are starting to mount for this team. Nick Smith was a McDonald's All-American that they were really relying upon to have a good season. He's only been able to play four or five games this year. He's back out of the fold. Trevon Brazil, he is out for the remainder of the season. He was really one of their main big men. 12 points, six boards, good versatility, which means that it's left up to the backcourt. And in the backcourt, you've got Anthony Black and Ricky Council. Council has been solid with 18 points per game. Black has been your main facilitator. 12.5 points, 5 boards, 3.8 assists per game. But it's a Arkansas team that they just can't hit shots. They're in the bottom 20 in all of college basketball. 3-point shooting percentage, 28.7%. Now, they maul on the glass. They do a good job of not allowing opponents to get second chances. They do an amazing job of guarding the 3-point arc. They force quite a few turnovers as well, right around 17 turnovers per game. But man, oh man, when you can't knock down shots, that is a big giant issue against an Alabama team that they've got so many shifty guys. They've got so much versatility with their offense. And I do think that they're going to pay the price for it. You've got Alabama who's got pretty much a pair of point guards in Javon Quinterly, a couple with Jaden Bradley, both giving between three and a half and four assists per game. They do a nice job there. You've been able to have Noah Gurley has a little bit of a six-foot-eight combo player chip in there, six points per game. This Alabama team is really, really deep. I like what I've seen from them, even with Namari Burnett out of the fold. They have not skipped a beat. I did set Alabama as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I recognize how difficult it is to go into Arkansas and be able to get a W. I think that they're going to be able to do so here, and I do think that with Arkansas doing a good job of being able to generate turnovers, but at the same time, 
being completely unable to really generate, to really knock down those threes. That's going to lead to a little bit of a lower scoring game. I think that we went too far with this upward tick on the total. I'm willing to take a look at the under semi-total more around a 150 and a half, and I'm going to be taking a look at Alabama. And then when it comes to a game a little bit more off the beaten path, how about if we go to the good old Colonial? This is 699-700 on the betting board. This is America's favorite tag team, William & Mary. They are going to be playing us the Hampton, the Hampton Pirates. In between a 7 to a 7.5 point underdog, your Toronto's game is 135.5. And, and this is such an intriguing spot because Hampton been legitimately one of the worst teams at all of college basketball. And William & Mary, they brought in Anders Nelson. He was playing over at St. Thomas, the good old Tommy's last season. He was able to shoot about 40% from three-point range. He's been able to help out this William & Mary team. But I do think that you're going to be seeing... This total go under. I set my total at 135, so being able to get a 135 and a half, I'm going to be taking a look at the under because with William & Mary, bottom 20 team in terms of possessions per game, not an efficient defense, but going up against a Hampton team that you have not been able to get a luck flat on offense. They've been able to get right around 14 points per contest out of someone like a Marcus Godwin who's been able to do a solid job of being able to hit some threes. Russell Dean has been able to dish out the ball, but just too high of a total involving a William & Mary team that's one of the slowest tempo teams in all of college basketball. And here is our pro tip for our number two here on the Greg Peterson Experience. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of these. And you're able to sort them by show and by sport. And it is just a little bit of a reminder. Even though the games are getting bigger in the NFL, the playoffs may start up this weekend. Bigger games should not equate to bigger bets. If you don't have too much of an edge on a game as compared to others, it doesn't mean that you need to increase your unit size just because the game is a little bit bigger. And coming up in hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience, we take a look at some Big East basketball right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.